I would say, personally, that's definitely far too long. I don't think so, because it's not even been a week. So I think that, I mean, they're supposed to last for a while. I mean, how long? What is the longest that you've gone? Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know, because I always bring like leftovers home with me. How long do you let them sit in there? I mean, if they're refrigerated, probably for a while. What's a while? You have to explain this. Hello, everyone. <laughs> this is Fun Employment Radio. I'm Greg Nibbler here with Sarah Stillen. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we are live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network and available via podcast all over the internet, wherever podcasts can be found. And thank you for finding us. Uh, we do have a lot to get to. We have our pal Rick Emerson who's going to be joining us here momentarily. <laughs> <Our pal. laughs> and uh, that's a tick now, I have to say it. Uh, he's going to be joining us here in just a few minutes. And we've got a bunch of things we're going to talk to him about. And uh, I do want to remind everybody to go to FunEmploymentRadio.com. Click on the Amazon link. Check out our store, funemploymentradio.com slash store. Thank a you to everyone yeah, who has also been picking up all the new merch. Yes. That's the, very exciting. Yep, new merch. Um, thank you for doing that. Funemploymentradio.com slash store. Check out our cyber store uh, for all of that new merch. It's We're excited about it. These are limited runs, too, so eventually those are going to change out. So take advantage now and get your merch. Might as well get it now. Get, get it, it now. And uh, but But back before we go to any of this stuff... And we bring Rick on. We have to address what Sarah asked today. Now, you know, it is December 1st, 2020 in the oh year of our apocalypse. Oh, my God. It's and, December. And uh, along those lines, um, you know, Greg, Thanksgiving you like, was... I know that you're just kind of plugging along because you've already been working like a zillion hours today. It's December. Yeah. I mean, I'm done. I'm just over the the shock every time it's another month. I just... I well, can't sorry. do it. I can't do it anymore. Why? Okay. I mean, I just can't do it. That's been... Since March, I mean, it's almost we're coming up on a year. Like I, I like mentally, I have to just stop being in shock, or it's going to like destroy me. Okay. Well, I mean, yes, it's December. It's December first. I know in the year of our apocalypse. Okay. Um, All right. But uh, from there, like what I was going to to say was, uh, with Thanksgiving happening over the last weekend, we have. The uh, that Sarah was over here, <laughs> yes, and because you know it's quarantine time, can't go anywhere, so we we did that. And, so we and had Thanksgiving together. <laughs> yep, Thanksgiving was over here, and Sarah made with some, a big old dog some mashed potatoes here. And today, being December first, twenty twenty, and uh, with Thanksgiving being several days ago, I haven't thrown out the leftovers yet, although I should. And Sarah asked me this morning, um, "Hey, coming over." Uh, for lunch, I was thinking of eating those mashed potatoes. Think they're still good? <laughs> now, that was on Thursday, and that was so technically November it's only been five... 26th, and this is Tuesday, December 1st. So it's only been five days. I mean, I think that I'm pretty sure that I've eaten them older than that before. I mean, if they're refrigerated right after you make them, I think that they have a pretty a substantial you, shelf life. I don't know, because here's the thing. like, There's... There was some milk used to make them. There was a little bit of, I mean, well, they, there was gravy on half of them that was that was put away, but that's still half of a carton. That Should we didn't. talk about the gravy debacle? No, I mean, what <laughs> what to do with that? Um, but the the thing is, I for me, that's too long. That's too long for me. I I couldn't I couldn't do it. I think that they still must be safe. I mean, I know they have they have milk and butter and stuff in them, but it's oh, been Oh yeah, that's in, right, a lot of butter. Yeah, and it, but it's been in the refrigerator. Like it's been refrigerated and it's been sealed, so it's just like basically having a milk carton in the refrigerator or butter in the refrigerator. All right, I'm curious cuz we do have some some people who are writing in it for our members of our supporters club. I have Derek says I am team Sarah on this. Courtney says minimum a week. I mean, maybe I'm wrong on this, but to me, I just feel like they're not going to be like they're going to. No, but then he weirded me out because, by the way, I found out on Thanksgiving, I was put on this earth to make mashed potatoes. They were the best mashed potatoes I have ever tasted. Greg, will you? Yeah, they were. They were very good. They were very good mashed potatoes. They were. Uh, Mr. And I kind of don't want them to go to waste. There's still a container of them. And I they're still there. You can eat them. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you are welcome to. I eventually we got to the point where I just said that I'm not going to eat them. Um, Mr. Jenky says, I think today is the cutoff. You'll be fine. So today. What about rolls? Rolls can last a lot longer. Those can last if longer? You, if you refrigerate. I mean, if you see mold, don't eat them. Well, yeah. If they're dried out and cracked, don't eat them. Otherwise, I think you can eat them. Yeah, because I still have rolls and I still have the mashed potatoes. And those mashed potatoes were so good. I don't want to just throw them away because, you know, little Mr. Weirdo says that they're probably going to be bad. You go ahead. You eat them. 
you you eat all those potatoes. Okay, Mr. Jenky says today is the cutoff. So I did look this up, and there are differing opinions for how long you can keep leftovers for, and like, and how long after you know you've made something that you can eat it. So okay, th- this is a this is a debate that a lot of people have here. Um, uh, Courtney says I just made Parker a turkey or, or some tur- a turkey sandwich from the leftovers. Which you're calling think- her a bad mother. That's not what I said at all. I did not say that. You're saying that. that she's feeding her son spoiled food? I would still eat the turkey. I would eat the turkey up That's until today. That's meat. That's a carcass. You I would, would eat rather, the turkey would up until today. You would eat a, car- a refrigerated carcass Usually over about, mashed potatoes. About Tuesday, I may, yeah, I'll you give it the smell test. You give the turkey a smell test. And it's like, if it smells... Sorry yeah. about saying carcass, everybody, but I mean, seriously, that's like dead meat. And you'd rather, you feel safer eating that. Yeah. Than eating potatoes. Yeah. I don't know why, but You're I do. Weird. I, I do. I think there's something about the potatoes that just feel like uh, I feel like they're gonna go bad. Yeah, it's being pointed out. Uh yeah, Greg's got this very backwards. <laughs> Eat them, they're fine. <laughs> maybe maybe I do have it backwards, but yeah, uh, the turkey, I mean turkey's delicious. You have so a I deceased think, bird that you're going to eat more of. You know I'm a poultry man. I mean I like my poultry, so yeah. I would, I probably, I would, I would push that. Yeah, definitely. I would have definitely eaten turkey. I feel like I want and to I, have. We didn't have a turkey and there wasn't actually leftover I didn't realize food, that we but, were, this was going to be such a debate. I feel like we need to have Rick's opinion on this. I want to know. I, yeah. I feel like you could go either way because he's surprising sometimes. Either like, it'll, it'll be like no big deal or he has like a strict, absolute, like 48 hour cutoff or something. Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's let's go. These, these are the hot debates we have here when Rick Everson comes on the We're show. We're working um, with what we fucking have. Well, I mean, no, this is. I do want to know what people think because I'm. I want to know. So it. let us know. Also, I'll tell you cut. right now. I would not eat those potatoes. That is so weird. Yeah, but I, you would eat old meat. It was up up until today. This would be the cutoff for the meat. The potatoes would have been Sunday. That would have been my cutoff. You have okay. Yeah, how much food have you wasted because you think that it's bad because it's only been a day? How much sickness have I avoided because of the fact that I uh, that I didn't, uh, you know, that I did that? All right, let's let's go. Let's do this. We're gonna take a break. We need, we're gonna need Rick's opinion on this because somebody's got to. I want other people's opinions too because I like I yeah. genuinely Whether do want to eat the mashed potatoes. And also uh, for everybody listening to the podcast, you know, hit us up on social Greg media. Greg is very have sickly fun at radio, at Facebook. <laughs> Or email us. Yeah, let us know. Who's avoided a lot of What sickness. are your rules for this? Like the cranberry still in there? I'm gonna eat the cranberry. I'm eating that. Oh, well, that's fine. I mean, that's just like gelatinized cram. Yeah. That's all like chemicals. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm still eating that. I'm gonna make a sandwich out of that later on. Okay, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna get Rick Ugh. Emerson on to, to have this debate that needs to be had. Uh, we'll be it's right a real back. Hot with ticket. More fun appointment radio. <laughs> Join us today when Sarah and Greg have leftovers. I'm calling the show Laughovers. Yeah. Thank you, Rick. You're a genius. That was pretty good. That's pretty great. I'm making a note I right have all now. All these useless radio skills that serve no purpose in real like world now. So it's just you know, Laughovers. Stop! I cannot believe that I haven't heard some hack say that before. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that was thank you. <laughs> That was wonderful. Welcome back to the Laughover Special here from Fun Employment Radio. <laughs> yeah. Join now uh, uh, oh. uh, by Rick Emerson. Hello, Rick. <laughs> Hi. Howdy. Hi. Hi, Rick. <laughs> All right. This was an actual Hi. debate. I mean, we're just we have to lay into the, we have to go into this. So, um. You know, Thanksgiving being a few days ago, we've established that we all know. But but here's the thing: how long does it? Now I feel like such a tool. Oh, it feels so this. hacky, yeah. But it, but it's true. So I didn't realize what a big difference there was between the two of us as to what we feel is a, an appropriate amount of time to consume leftovers. And there were mashed potatoes. You know, we all quarantined since Sarah was in the same bubble as me. She came over here for Thanksgiving, made potatoes, and they've been in my fridge since that day. And she asked me this morning if they were still there and wanted to eat them. To me. That is way too long to be waiting from Thursday to Tuesday to eat leftover mashed potatoes. I have a hard cutoff on that. I would have, I would have cut it off on Sunday. And uh, apparently, I'm very much in the minority on this. But however, wait, hold on. So, yeah. Sarah was going to eat them, but you weren't. Yes. Yeah. So he believes that uh, five days is too long of a window to consume mashed potatoes. However, he said that he would still eat turkey today, even though that's like a carcass. 
That's an actual, you know, like dead animal that he's sitting there. So he's comfortable eating that. However, mashed potatoes, he thinks, would be bad by five days. Well, that's a fair point. That's an actual like rotting body as opposed to like <gasps> that's, potatoes. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. But here's the larger thing. So is this the same Sarah who, when <laughs> we were working at CBS, which is like not that long ago in the grand scheme of things, like at one point, I swear to God, I came into the kitchen and you'd like microwave lasagna or something for dinner. But then you got interrupted and you had to like go back to the studio. And so it sat in the kitchen for like an hour. And then you came back in and I swear to God, you threw it away. Because you're like, well, it's been sitting out for an hour. And I was mortified. <laughs> I might have actually yelled at you about it. I might have just been like, how can you throw food away? I, so maybe I'm wrong, but I don't. So I'm just saying, or maybe they're shifting standard. Maybe it depends on whether it's refrigerated. Maybe it's- That could be. And also, you know what? There are a lot of like creepy salespeople that would hang out in the kitchen. And I think true. I was thinking maybe about them like un- breathing on it. <laughs> that's maybe that's it. Maybe. It's not that it was out. It was that it was unattended and like people could have like been touched okay that's a fair point so maybe it wasn't that it was bad it was that like somebody could have like come in and you know yeah Seized sort on of it just, or something <laughs> or just been near it and it's just yeah and sort of okay no yeah, that, I have okay, some, okay, I guess. Ugh, just thinking about that kitchen i have some unpleasant memories of being cornered by various male um sales people oh <laughs> that is not, hard to believe yeah can you believe it i bet you can <laughs> i bet you can imagine exactly who too various male creeps <laughs> at a radio station that, yeah, yeah it was yeah so far-fetched <laughs> No, I can see that. That you like if you just and you know and just like if people you know you don't want somebody coming in and like poking at your food with a fork and whatever and then leave and then even if they don't eat any of it then you just don't. It's weird. Okay, I can get that. Well, because that um, weird guy that uh, Steve was it Steve the community property guy. But that was at KOTK when he was like, yeah, the guy that looked sort of vaguely like a really out of shape Amish guy. Yes, um, he was, and he always wore the rainbow I never suspenders. Want to be described as that ever? This guy was. Horrible. And also, by the way, Rick, just so you know, he is on social media and he is horribly racist and uh, sexist. Well, that's and also not – he looked like – Not surprising. I, 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 I won't identify him further except to say this, that he looked like – he looked like a really bad, like, discount Santa Claus out of his costume. Yes. It was sort of like – like at the end of the day when he takes off the suit, he's like, fuck, I can't wait to go – loaded or whatever and he's just like sweaty and gross and has bad and just it's a sort of like just the undershirt anyway oh, God. no because he wore the undershirt with the suspenders <laughs> i'm sorry and this guy yeah. wasn't he was a jerk too like i'm not i'm not making fun of some you know sweet man who was you know just like oh like look down upon but he was really a heart of gold no this guy was a piece of shit and we got pizza i remember anytime we'd have pizza he'd just come wandering into our studio like skittling around he'd be like is this community property and start poking everything <laughs> start poking all of our food and we're like fuck that i guess totally it is what now. he would say yeah he would say it exactly like that the thing is once uh, he touches it too then yeah, it's like that's it. it it's like no it's not no but it's too late it's, like, it's already there yeah now now it is i guess now it, it is just have it. see and I mean, that guy would move <laughs> there are many of that guys that we worked with who were like maybe just poked my lasagna why does he no, sound like wild bill <laughs> that's what he sounded like when you're talking about just community property so <laughs> this is interesting actually because i know we're totally off point but I, two things one i mean i guess like we've now entered a point i mean at least for the foreseeable future um uh, where like whenever we're back in restaurants again i mean i think at least for the for the foreseeable future people aren't going to be doing that everything just like reach across with their fork and grab shit off your plate like that's probably not going to be happening for a while that's so, true that's good you know. i'm not a fan of that anyway oh yeah you do yeah. not share food no, I'm not. Well, I mean, I will share food, but once it's on my plate, it, then it's like, yeah, I'm not that. I'm not a big. I'm kind of weird with it. I get yeah, weirded out. It's going to be a, a period of time where, like, like offering somebody a bite of your sandwich is just not going to be a thing you do. Um, oh yeah. So that's weird. Well, like yesterday. So this is so this is strange. So yesterday, I was actually, um, I uh, it, like I, I rarely like most people. I rarely leave my house at this <laughs> point. But but the um, but that but I'm also I also tend to be. Like, I am one of those people that, like, I kind of tend to get the call if, like, someone is having, like, tech issues or some sort of a, you know, I need to upgrade my router or I've got some firmware thing. What the fuck is that or whatever? And so I tend to be the guy that's like, sure, I'll come over and take a look at whatever. So anyway, but I, I did this thing yesterday. And it's weird what you sort of feel strange about now. I guess that's redundant. Um, but <laughs> like the, uh, like the, 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 like the. Somebody was having like their CenturyLink, you know, whatever cable installed or upgraded or whatever. And like, you know, the installation dudes came over and it's that whole, you know, it's that whole thing of, you know, whatever, just sort of 
anyway, I'm oh, it's an awkward dance is, that you have yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a whole thing, you know, like, I don't really know what the hell I'm doing and whatever, but it's, it's, you know, I kind of vaguely have some sort of a sense of it. So I'm there anyway, the point is I'm there and the, the, the cable guys or whatever, they like come over and the guy's like, he's like, hello, you know, I'm, I'm Jeff or whatever. And, and I said, I'm Rick. And I immediately did this thing of like, stuck out my hand to shake his hand. And then there was like this awkward second and a half where he just didn't do anything. And, and I was like, oh, right. And I was totally oh, like running on my, I was running on old programming of yeah. like, meet a guy, shake his hand. And like, I think that's the first time, because I've actually done automatically gone to shake somebody's hand, like over the past few months or whatever, and they would do it too. This is the first time where I've like stuck out my hand to shake the hand. And then he, he just sort of like looked at me oh. and didn't move. And I was like, oh God. And I was just like reeling it back in sort of, Ugh. So it was really awkward. No, yeah. it is. There are all these like super awkward things that didn't exist. Like I was at the grocery store today and I was very uncomfortable because I was wearing my bandana over my face and I almost took it off. I'm like, wait, you can't do that. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you cannot, what are you doing? You cannot do that. And it like slipped my mind for just a minute there. Yeah. I mean, I had it the other day I went in and I actually, I was for some reason just, you know, sometimes you just get a random cough out of nowhere, like for no reason at all. Oh, you can't do that anymore. No. And it happened. And I started having like a coughing fit. I'm like, oh my God, I'm in here in the grocery store. I'm not sick at all. It was just like what saliva. I don't know. And also, you know, it was you just like a, one of those really stupid annoying things. That you're breathing yeah, in. Yeah. And then a mask. And I start coughing on this aisle and I couldn't help it. <laughs> You know, I, I didn't take my mask oh, off. Shit, Did people just start running? Yes, there's this woman next to me. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not sick. Oh, like, God. So, which makes it even worse because you're like over explaining it. And I just, I left. <laughs> I well, left the grocery store. Yeah, like, now I, I can't be in here. It, yeah, no. And the more you just like, have to drop your shit and run because yeah. the more you explain it, the more it's, I'm fine. It's it's okay, really. It's just a, it's just a, a tickle in my throat. And they're like, uh-huh. And that's that's when they're calling the CDC to come put a net over you. Yep. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I would have. I would have run so bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that I do the same thing every time I hear someone cough. I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. No, get away from me!" Yeah, it's, uh, you know what's just, and then I'll. I swear to God, I'll bring us back to like. No, this yeah, is it fine. Matter. We, yeah, we go wherever we go. Yep. But it's like, I mean, it's weird because I. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's impossible to say anything now that like nine million other people aren't simultaneously saying. But whatever, it's you know because that thing where like time seems to have like expanded and compressed fell at once um this with this year but it's interesting to think about like i can remember the last like i can't remember anything of the last nine months but i can remember like with crystal clarity it seems the last few moments before things went totally bonkers in march like i remember the last moments of kind of normalcy because like in well i guess it was like the second week of march because it was uh so I was like, my mom had come to Portland for some medical stuff, and then I drove her back to Kennewick. So I drove her back, and then I had to drive back here. So anyway, so I – and, like, COVID was, like, a thing, but, like, it wasn't – like, people weren't masked up and whatever. It was, like, sort of a vague, like, storm on the horizon thing. Totally, like, when and, the masks were still, like, not mandatory, and, like, there were some yeah. people that were wearing them, some weren't, and yeah. It was – but it was, like, you could sense – it was, like, sort of, like, you could see the clouds sort of gathering, like, you know, it was sort of, like, a things are about to get bad feeling in the air. And uh, so I took my mom back home, and I got her into her apartment. I was, like, you stay here. I'll go get you some, like, groceries so you can just, like, hang out for a couple of weeks, however long this is going to last, whatever. <laughs> so I, like, stick her in her apartment. I go to the grocery store, and I'm standing in line at Rite Aid or whatever, and I've got, like, a bunch of food that I bought her. And just – and literally the guy in front of me – like does the, like does like two sneezes and a cough in a row. Oh no. And then there was like this moment of silence and then all of us in line just sort of chuckled and went on with our day. Like it was just, you know, <laughs> it, it was that thing, you know, it was like where you could tell that like we were our brains were equally divided between, you know, exaggeration or panic. And you know, we just you know, we didn't quite know which way to like I remember being <sighs> since now I sound like I'm in the Ken Burns documentary. I remember being <laughs> at Kaiser just like for like a checkup or like picking up medication or something. I was like, but it was like no real, no big deal. I was at Kaiser and I remember walking, like you walk up to the desk and do your copay or whatever. And then you walk out and I remember the way out, just walking by just kind of this like Xerox sign that somebody had stuck up on the wall. And it just said, so this is like maybe like March 3rd or something. And there's just a sign on the wall that just said, 
FYI, like if you've recently returned from Southeast Asia, please, you know, make sure to note this to the person at the front desk as you're like leaning in really close to pay your bill or whatever. Like it was not even a big deal. Like it was just yeah. a casual, like if you happen to have been in Wuhan recently, maybe <laughs> mention it to somebody. And I remember walking by and just thinking, oh, those poor fools in Wuhan, you know, and just like totally like it was totally removed from my own experience. Mm-hmm. Like that I remember a lot of those moments that you look back in retrospect where it's that whole like what they didn't know at the time was <laughs> yeah. the walls were closing in, you know, and anyway. Yeah. I know, I've been I thinking, mean, that's what I think about every day. Like, I wish that I could go back just a year and, like, prepare, like, you know, a year ago, Sarah, like, what shit was about to happen during I mean, 2020. I yeah, there, there, I mean, I remember being at CES just, that was at the very beginning of January, and, um, and there was, there's always... People that because it's people from all over the world that are there, but then you have the people that wear the masks and they do that every year. They'll they'll have the masks on, and you always kind of like, what what are they really wearing a mask for? Like it's Vegas, of course you're going to get germs, no big deal, blah blah blah. And then you know, three months later, it's like panic. Where do I find a mask? And how do I do this? Like they were right. Oh yeah, (laughs) here I was making fun of them, and yeah, it's it's just. It's weird, yeah, yeah, how much things have changed, like your perspective. Oh, yeah. All right. I never well. thought that I'd be coordinating face masks with my outfits, but here we are. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know what else is? You we said sell Vegas. Fun Employment Radio face masks we now. S- We've got those. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, but it's like, all right, this is the thing that we do. This is an option. Like, it's just. Yeah. And we've sold a bunch of them, so thank you for buying our I, Fun Employment Radio I think the only, masks. like, custom face mask I have is um, there's one uh, – the, the, the Decemberists sell one that's like, it has the title of one of their songs. So they have this song called Everything is Awful. And so they sell a face mask that just says everything is awful in huge letters, which is kind of fantastic. So I want um, that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of great. Um, but leftovers, am I right? Oh uh, <laughs> I, no. I will say that I'm maybe not a benchmark because I'll eat stuff that like, I mean, even now, like as long as I know where it's been, it doesn't matter how old it is. Like this morning, literally this morning. So this is what, maybe like five hours ago or whatever, when I got up, I was having a breakfast sandwich or whatever. And I literally, it was like eating the sandwich. And, you know, I'm like looking out my front window, looking at, looking at my thinking tree and sort of eating my sandwich and planning my day. And, and as I turned it over, I realized not the part I'd eaten yet, but I re- realized that part of the bread that I had not yet gotten to had like a bunch of green mold on it. And I think there are some people who would immediately be like, I can't eat this. This is no, no thank you. And so, but of course I just like, I didn't even put the sandwich down. I just sort of like reached over and got a paring knife. And as I was eating one end of it, I was like carving mold off the other end into the sink. So, you know, I'll eat things really that have been around a long time. As long as they won't crack my teeth, I think I'll eat them. Okay, because I wasn't sure, because I'm like, Rick can either go one of two ways, because I felt it was an extreme one way or the other. Like, either it could be like for a very long time, or like, you can only have something for 24 hours, and then you've got to get rid of it. It takes a lot for me to like, throw away food. I mean, really. Like, honestly, it really has to be, like, seem like rank. Like, it has to be, it really has to seem like it's gone bad for me to not eat it. Well then, goddamn! I'm eating my mashed potatoes. Eat the yeah. mashed potatoes. Yeah, I stop looking at me all judgy. You See eat your old happens. dead bird. <laughs> have fun with. I it. don't have any. That's the thing. But yes, I would. I probably would. I would microwave the hell out of it because that's in my mind. That's how I would cleanse it. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. Rick, what did you end up eating for Thanksgiving? Did you have your Arbor Mist uh, <laughs> slushy packs? <Huh>. Um, <laughs> what did I have for Thanksgiving? Uh. uh I honestly can't remember. I think it might have. Um, I, I just think it made. I might have just been a tuna melt. Yeah, I think so, that might have been it. You and your tuna melts. I forgot how well, much you love those. See, that's like I said. Food is not really like it's just a thing I have to have. It's not really you know. There's food I enjoy, but it's not really. That's not a. It's not a motivating factor for me. It's just. A, it's just a. It's a. It's a necessity. It's a yeah. thing I just have to eat, or I'll you know, or I'll stop stop moving. So that's that's you know, I didn't do, I didn't do a whole lot. So no, it was pretty. It was pretty low key. No, I did. I, I felt like I ate like a little kid because all I ate was carbohydrates. I just ate like mashed potatoes and rolls. Then I went back for more mashed potatoes and more rolls and like a little bit of chicken. Yeah. And that's my food story. There it is. Thank you so much. And you're eating mashed potatoes. <laughs> the end. And mashed potatoes. Um, so who's? So the question is, who's getting a tree this year? I'm guessing no one. Uh, I'm going to, and mainly because uh, because I mean I'm probably not going to my parents for. For Christmas, I'm just finally, I normally don't don't get one. 
Yeah, and I'm and, finally um, like coming to terms with the fact that I don't think for like the first time, and I don't even know how long since, I'm not going to go. Yeah, since my, my house is Sarah's quarantine house to go to rather than her apartment, um, I told her she could put up a tree in here. I'm not a really big tree guy, but I think we're going to do it. I'm going to get a tree. And Rick, you would you would appreciate this. The only reason that he's saying that he wants to get a tree is because he has a robot vacuum cleaner, and he wants uh, that he named Frank. That he wants Frank to have more snacks, and he's like, "Well, the needles will be on the ground, then Frank will have more snacks to." to so you feel bad for the Roomba if the Roomba doesn't get to eat, or whatever. well, I mean, I figure you know it'll be a good test for it. See, see if you can uh, handle the handle the pine needles, Frank. Mm-hmm. This is where I'm at in quarantine. I named the uh, the Roomba. Seriously, when uh, he doesn't know I that I can him. hear him, I I hear him talking to his Roomba named Frank, and he'll be like, "Frank, it's full on, yeah. Frank, look at that! Look, you just got yourself some treats, didn't you?" Yeah. Okay. Well, that's. I mean, I guess. Technically charming still. I mean, it's charming only because it's only charming because this isn't a because this isn't a sci-fi movie. Because if it was a sci-fi movie, this would be some weird, uh, you know, like like uh, I Am Legend or what's that movie with Spike Jones? Was it the Spike Jones film where he falls in love with the uh, with Siri? Oh, uh, her or yeah. Was that it? Yeah, that's like that's like some weird last man on earth shit where you're yeah. like falling in love with your robotic or you know like your or you know not even falling in like your robotic vacuum cleaner is like your only true companion. Yeah, you know, it's like some Wilson beach ball or volleyball shit. It is very much like that. I mean, I think mm. under normal circumstances, if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic, it would probably be cause for people calling on a mental health check for me. But now it's yeah. just like, oh, that's his thing. Okay, I've been that's what he does. <laughs> I've been talking to my paintings. That's what we were talking about this yesterday when I've been, I've, you know, been commissioned to do a bunch of animal portraits, and I'm just like, been they don't talk back, thankfully, but I've been talking to them as if they're. Yeah. An actual animal in the room with me. Well, there is this like documented phenomenon. I mean, I'm not, you know, it, 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 well, I should say Reader's Digest wrote about this thing one time. So who knows if that's a documented <laughs> phenomenon? Um, I love that, that it's Reader's Digest. That may not actually be, you know, like a peer reviewed study now that I'm thinking about it. But, um, but there's this guy, this guy named Jerry Spies, who wrote, he wrote this book called Alone Against the, this book that fast. I had this thing when I was a kid, maybe I still do. And I think this is like a frequent topic uh, in our discussions where like I would find a thing that terrified me. And so then I would repeatedly watch it or read it, even though it like fucked me up every time. Yep. And so he wrote this book called Alone Against the Atlantic. And um, and it's a true story. So he built a 10 foot sailboat in his garage and then sailed across the Atlantic Ocean from like Maine to, I guess, England. Um, and it was just like this thing he wanted to do. He was like. What if I, can I build my own sailboat that's only 10 feet long and somehow make it from Maine to England by myself without dying? That's Let's crazy. find out. It's a t- it's totally crazy. Um, and he, but he did it successfully, but it's, you know, but it was like a harrowing adventure and all this. And so I read this book all the time when I was a kid, this Reader's Digest condensed version of it. I should buy the full version at some point. But, um, but he said that at one point, like halfway across the, uh, uh, you know, the journey, that like his brain just created this like second voice in his head or this other voice in his head that would have conversations with him. And, you know, like, so like something would happen, like he'd spill a can of peas or something and he'd have to clean it up. And his, you know, and his, and his, you know, and, and this voice would pop up to provide like comic relief, like diehard style. So like he'd spill something and the voice would be like, well, you better spill that up. You know, the, you know, the maid's on vacation this week, ha ha ha, whatever. And it was like this weird, <laughs> it was like this crazy. And apparently, and he said that, he knew other long distance sailors who had had the same experience where their brain would create a supplemental persona to keep them company. And he said the weirdest part was that it didn't strike him as weird. Like it didn't freak him out. He didn't think I'm going crazy. It didn't terrify him. It was just like seemed totally normal. Like he didn't question it at all. Oh, wow. That is so, so interesting. So did yeah. it, so that's it, the thing we do apparently. So is it something that happens to a lot of people like in isolation? Is it just something that happens to like people on the ocean? I, I'm guessing if you're in isolation long enough, like I was reading this thing, it's a long story, doesn't matter, but I was reading this thing about John McCain last night and about, because he spent like four was, years in a box basically in Hanoi. And, you know, and he talked a lot about like how, you know, that your brain just comes up with all of these things to keep you occupied. And he's like, you know, pe- like there was this whole thing where like, the, like one guy had, you know, there was like ants or something that would get into the, the cage or whatever, or the cell, you know, and it's like, so he, like this guy created this whole backstory for this village of ants and like gave them all names and had this whole history of the ant village and whatever, which is a thing that would totally seem crazy and maybe kind of is, mm-hmm. except, you know, your brain's like, well, there's no television and also we're going to be here for a long time. So yeah. let's just create some amusement, which is probably, 
See, now I'm just getting all up my own ass with like philosophical whatever. But I mean, <laughs> no. I, you could argue that that's just a that is an isolated individual version of humanity's need to create narratives and art for ourselves. Because why do we have to go to a in normal times? Why do we all have to go to a room with a bunch of other people and look up at a big screen and watch other people acting out a thing? You know, a story like there's no real reason for that. Like it doesn't involve food or shelter, but it's clearly a thing we need. And so. So really, when you think about it, all of us sitting in, in a theater together, like 300 people watching a Star Wars movie or Harry Potter or whatever, is just like a, that's an extrapolated version of Sarah just talking to a painting of a dog. I mean, really, when you think about it. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see with myself, I could see falling into the creating a voice really easily. Oh, I, think, I feel like I'm, I, like, it seems it's like a, it's a struggle for it's you a daily to not Yeah, create it's the like voice. balancing on a thread anyway. And, uh, yeah, I could see just falling right into that. I feel I like mean, I, I have totally, I mean, you know, there's like, again, like diehard sort of does this a lot where he's just, you know, where he's totally having this weird, you know, conversation with himself as he's, you know, uh-huh. now I know what a TV dinner feels like or whatever the fuck. But right. like, I remember once, um, uh, I don't know if I've told this story or not, maybe not. Um, but it doesn't, it, the, the context is not all that important, but when I was like 19, I was driving from, Spokane, I guess, maybe. Spokane to Kennewick. Anyway, it was like in December, and I wanted to get home for Christmas Day. And anyway, it was so I, Snoqualmie Pass was all closed, but I was like, that's that's for pussies. I'll do it anyway, and whatever. And so I'm like put oh. in this tiny Ford Escort with like bald tires and like no winter supplies. I had like zero planning. Like, I don't know why I didn't die. It was like the dumbest idea. Snoqualmie Pass during the winter. I mean, I, I used to have to do that all the time when I was at WSU. That is the most terrifying drive. I have yeah. ever had. I can't on bald tires too. And it's like, what? What was I do? I could have just gone the next day. Like I could have just been like, I'll finish this trip tomorrow. But no. So it's so it's like two in the morning. It's like blackout conditions. There's a blizzard. You know, I'm in this shitty car by myself. No one knows where I am. There are no cell phones. I mean, it's just the worst set of decisions possible. The only here's how it, the traffic in the road was so bad. I mean, there was no traffic. There was no traffic. It's just me. So oh. the conditions are so bad that. I have like one cassette tape. I had a copy of George Thorogood's Bad to the Bone album. <laughs> so that's in the that's in the tape deck in my Ford Escort. The 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 road is actually so bad that I feel like the I feel like, you know, like the pass is sort of like swaying underneath me or whatever. It's so bad I actually won't take my hands off the wheel long enough to change cassettes. So I'm just listening to George Thorogood over and over for like <laughs> two hours. And as I'm driving, I just remember saying to myself, this is really stupid. Why are we doing this? This is this is a really bad decision. I should have I've chosen <laughs> poorly. And just this whole weird monologue, which is clearly a thing your brain does just to try to like in some vain attempt to keep you sane as you're plunging toward your doom, I guess. So, yep, yeah. I have to do a lot of self-talking. That's what I I, I talk to myself a lot because I'm, I'm a nervous driver anyway. And sometimes I'd be like, you're fine. Everything's fine. Just keep going. Like and I will sometimes talk out loud and then I'll like notice somebody like looks at me and sees me and then I'll just pretend I'm like singing along to something on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm not the crazy person. You're the crazy person. Like I I am a crazy person. I'm zen with it at this point. Uh, yeah, is, excellent. Is that self-talk or is that like me just making myself my own friend? I don't know. I feel I like know. you've always done that though, so. I, I have. Yeah. I talk to inanimate objects all the time. I know. Yeah, I mean, as I do with Frank, I just admitted that. Well, but see, Rick, but also have... with animals. I talk to dogs. I was say, Rick has his two fuzzy buddies, so I'm sure that he just talks to them all the time. Yeah, no, I will. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll have these like the, the conversations where like sometimes I'll have conversations with the dogs where I'll realize that I'm actually talking to the dogs. I'm actually like, this all does sound really Say weird. You, this stuff is all a lot weirder when you try to describe it to yeah. someone. It seems way weirder than it does in the moment because I'll have conversations with the dogs sometimes where conversations I'll talk at the dogs <laughs> sometimes where I realize I'm not just talking at them, but I'm like, but I'm like riffing, like I'm attempting to elicit laughter. Like I'm like, you know, like I'm going for punchlines and stuff, you know, and I'm really, you know, as though there's like an invisible sitcom audience somewhere that's like, you know, look at this wry banter this gentleman's having with this canine. And like no one, the dogs hear me, but it's just like, rah, 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 and there's no one else. And so I have no idea. Why am I trying to be funny for animals that don't understand what I'm saying at all? They're just waiting to hear something that rhymes with ood. <laughs> let, me, let me ask, do you, um, do you A, ever speak for your dogs? And then B, if you do, do they have different voices? Um, 
know. I mean, I don't speak for them as such, but like, but I, of course, I will like infer all kinds of, uh, you know, I, I'll infer all kinds of like emotions or intention that is probably totally disconnected from reality. Like I've created personalities for the dogs, which are like my best guess as to what their personalities are like. But I mean, who the fuck knows really? I mean, it's like, I can generalize like Willard is generally happy and Philo is generally sort of anxious, but, but I've taken that, but that's like, I don't leave it at that. Like I've created like this whole, you know, interior life for them, which, you know, is probably just bullshit. Like it just, it has no, it's totally just my projection onto them. I mean, that's, it really is the thing where it just says way more about me and my understanding of personalities than it does about the dogs. Cause they're basically just, you know, they're basically just, you know, just permanent toddlers. Like they don't really have personalities as such, but I've created this entire, you know, like emotional infrastructure for them. Cause it's just what, what I do, I guess. I always, I always talk for Ollie or something like, what are you doing? Like his voice is that. That's what Ollie's is. So he's like, yeah. what are you doing? What are you up to? And then I, I find myself saying that to him. I'll be like, oh, nothing much. Like, so God, we you have both sides of the conversation. I'll have both sides of the conversation. Yeah. That's normal. Yeah. 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 You yeah. know, I was thinking, you know, what's weird. Here's the thing. It's weird when you think about this. It's bizarre that the dogs can recognize their own name. That's strange, really, when you think about it. Because that- <laughs> how do you, I mean, how is it that they, that they learn that? It's the, I think it's the tone and because I've tried to do it before. Me too. I tried to do it, things where you're just like, rah, rah, and like try to do it in the same, yeah. Yeah. Or say, With the same say, inflection. Same, yeah. Same yeah. inflections. And it'll kind of work. Is it true? Are dogs the only animal? Well, except for, uh, well, are they the only animal that like understands pointing? Um, I think well, primates do, but yeah, other primates. Than that, that's what I, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dogs. Wait, do dogs understand pointing? Dogs I, understand. I, I swear pointing. that I read yeah. that once that they are the only animal that actually understands, you know, that you are pointing at something when you're pointing. Um, let's see, dogs, but not chimpanzees. Wait can understand human pointing gestures. I find that hard to believe. I feel like chimpanzees, you could train them. Well, the internet but says no, Greg. The internet said no. That's what I, first thing that came up. Uh, yeah, domestication and years of living with humans have likely given dogs an evolved ability to pay attention to and understand human visual communication. We're Which is true. I mean, dogs new. understand. I mean, you point at something on the floor. I mean, at least with Ollie, like if I drop something and I walk away and I'll point at it, he'll see from across the room and go to where I'm pointing. I always found that fascinating. I should say that Willard is the exception of all this because Willard is deeply stupid. And um, oh, I, I, I mean, I love Willard. He's great, but he's just, he's as dumb as a rock. I mean, there's just no, I mean, again, I, to some degree, I'm extrapolating after my own, but it seems to be true because he, like, he doesn't notice anything at all ever, like, unless he's, I mean, in other words, like he understands like a, like if I throw a toy, he'll get it. And if I put food in front of him, he'll eat it. But I mean, anything else, he just sits and just stares blankly and happily at me and just kind of goes, like, doesn't matter what. Like, he just, there's all kinds of stuff he doesn't notice. Like, I had, a, like, a laser pointer thing, thinking, you know, like, I wonder if he'll chase a laser, because I know some dogs will chase a laser pointer, you know, like a cat yeah. laser pointer toy. And it's like, none of these doesn't chase it. He doesn't even see it. Like, he just <laughs> stares directly ahead. I'm basically doing everything but shining it right in his face. Like, it's on the floor right in front, like, three inches in front of him. And he's just, like, staring straight ahead, like, not even... Just maybe he's deep in thought or whatever. But he's oh, just, you know. and his little, all those like big thoughts in his popcorn ball head. Yeah, no, there's just, <laughs> just, just like this vague wind whistling sound in, in his brain and just, you know, and just a lot of, that's just butterflies, I think. It's just, you know, just butterflies and fields. That's it. So I just don't understand right, how but, people can't like dogs. Just you even talking about your dog just fills me with warmth and happiness. No, but I mean, that's a, but have you noticed that, see, now we're just people talking about their dogs, which I'm sure yeah. just alienating <laughs> okay. to some section of the audience. But I, here's the thing I want to know. Like, I, I feel like, so I, on my side, this big, because the library is apparently, uh, well, you can't check stuff out, but also like, there's no rush to bring it because libraries are like, don't bring anything back. Keep your shit. Like, don't, they're like, don't return anything. So I've got all these library books that I was afraid I wasn't going to get through. But now apparently I have all the time in the world because they're just like, don't return anything until you are told to. So I've got this book. It's the next book I'm going to read. It's called Inside of a Dog. And uh, and the uh, this author, Rick Perlstein, was like raving about it. So I got it. And it's but it's apparently it's just like a scientific exploration of what we know about dogs thought processes. Interesting. Uh, and, you know, and like to the best of our knowledge, like how they think and what they think and like what their sort of emotional and intelligence, you know, sort of, uh, you know, setup is. But um, 
What was my point here? Oh my god, that uh, dog on the cover is so cute. That that's kind of what Ollie looks like. That is, he looks a lot like Ollie inside of a dog. What dogs see, smell, and know. That's right. Fascinating. Yeah. And I've already seen now. This is this is like the irony now is I've completely forgotten what I was going to mention. Um, <laughs> Let's see. The answers will surprise. I'm, I'm reading the book overview. It says like. Yeah, why? Uh, what's it like to be able to smell not just every bit of open food in the house, but also to smell sadness in humans or even the passage oh. of time? Yeah, so that was so that was going to be my thing. Is like so. There's all these things that we these abilities we ascribe to dogs, and now that I'm saying all this stuff out loud, this is like the Dunning Kruger effect in action. I realize that now that I now I realize that this is all kinds of shit that I just sort of believe or repeat without knowing that it's true. So I think it's conventionally believed, and I guess I conventionally believe it. Like, don't you sort of assume that dogs can tell if someone doesn't like dogs? Like, I've always assumed that, it, like, a dog can sense when someone is bad news. Like, if somebody is just, yeah. if somebody's trouble, the I always dog like a sense dog evil or whatever. Yeah, yeah the, or, or, yeah, the dog can sense, like, a person who's, like, not, not all, maybe not all there, or, or someone, someone who's just, you know, is putting off bad vibes, as we would say. Yeah. I and, never, yeah, I mean, I do use that as a gauge sometimes of, like, a dog, like, actively doesn't like someone. Like, I, I won't, like, 100% rely on it, but it makes me question him a little bit. Yeah, like, if you were walking down the street and some random person was just walking by, but a dog, but your dog suddenly just turned and, like, growled at them, like, you know, made, like, a growling noise at that specific person, you would pay attention to that. Like, that would be a barometer of, like, hmm, like, you'd give that some weight. Yeah. But, but I don't know if that, like... Maybe I'm just making all that up in my head. Like, I have no idea if there's any scientific foundation there's, for that at all. There's got to be something for them to be able to to tell things, you know, percept things that we're maybe imperceptible to us. Like I can body tell, language or yeah. motion or smells that people give off that we don't even understand. I will tell you that when I pass by dogs on the street and I shit you not, I think that they can tell how much I love them because they will, some, like, turn their head sometimes and just, like, look at me walking by because I'm staring and looking at them. And we'll, like, lock eyes. As I'm going back, because I think that they can totally sense. I'm like, oh my god, it's a dog, and I'm always very excited. Like, I will gaze at the dogs. Oh my god, I sound so crazy. Well, it's um, like there's that, there was that that story, and I guess I think there's like a lot of these stories, but there was that because like, because my this guy who used to live across the street from me, this guy Charles, um, it's one of those things that's sort of like amazing. So Charles was, uh, so he was uh, diabetic, and so he had a greyhound. And it was like a service dog. And so the Greyhound, you know, service dogs are sort of amazing in and of themselves, mm -hmm. right? Like that they know when to like stop at stop signs and stop walks. And it's like, you know, hey, you got to hang on. There's a bus coming or something. And so not only was he a service dog, but um, he could sense when Charles was about to, like if he was going to have a diabetic, uh, like coma, like if he was going to go into diabetic unconsciousness. And so he would actually like nudge him ahead of time, like, hey, you better get some insulin or whatever you got to do. Like you're about to you're about to like slip into unconsciousness or something. And so not only could he tell if Charles was about to have some sort of diabetic attack, if like Charles, because I think that's a thing that happens with some diabetics where it's like if you don't have your if the insulin gets off, like you, you'll basically just go unconscious, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like you pass out, basically. And so the dog was not only trained to sense that in advance, but if the dog ever like came into the bedroom and Charles was like not moving the dog would go over and like nudge him and then nudge him a second time and then if charles didn't get up the second time the dog could call 911 <gasps> what wow. yeah. how that's what i'm saying there was like a special red button that would call 911 and so like if the dog would nudge charles twice during the day and charles didn't get up or like say like i'm okay the dog would be like well got to call the man and it would like go over and call 9 and press the thing to call 911 which I know that there's a dog trainer who could explain how that's possible, but there's no way in which that still doesn't seem like magic or just insanely like advanced somehow. That's so cool. Yeah. I so, mean, it's crazy what you can train them to do, what you can train dogs to do. Well, I dogs mean, are magical creatures and we're lucky to have them. Bomb sniffing dogs or oh, yeah. cadaver dogs. Well, I mean, that's, I guess, smell a lot of it, but. And the sense also too. My friend, uh, my parents have a friend who has seizures and her dog is with her all the time because her dog can sense when she's about ready to have a seizure. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. Not that they're having one. It's that they're about to have mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Which. It, yeah. I mean, that's like some, I mean, and then that makes you wonder. I mean, that makes me wonder, you know, this is why I, I fear and loathe our, our recent, like um, our society's recent slippage into disbelief in science, because because here's the thing. 
Like that's one of those abilities that up until like 200 years ago would get your dog executed in the public square. Like it was, right. you know, your dog predicted the future. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's like if you get to the point where you can, you know, you can predict things that haven't yet happened. That's when they start hanging you from the castle. Like, right. it's, you know, so I mean, it's a weird I, I it's like I think about this sometimes like. It must have been really it must have taken a lot of courage to be an inventor for most of human history, because I got to figure there was like hundreds of years where the first guy to invent anything just assumed he would immediately be killed for doing it. You yeah. know, yeah, it's like, well, what's this? It's an you know, it's a it's a butane lighter. Kill him. He made fire out of his hand and they just you <laughs> know, immediately like right like. Like, I, you know, like I have those uh, like I have a, an Amazon Echo or whatever, and I have those those smart bulbs, the hue bulbs. And I mean, imagine if you just brought somebody here from like 1750 mm-hmm. and they watched me stand in my living room and I just said, Alexa, turn on the lights. <laughs> and then suddenly there was light like they would. I mean, they'd be looking around for like a sharp stick and some garlic or some shit. Like mm-hmm. that's a weird. So it's the same thing with dogs where that's a. You know, you wouldn't have to be too much dumber to assume your dog was a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dogs are wizards. I mean, that's my that's that's my I, new mantra. That's amazing. I go down that train quite a bit, too, of thinking about the historical thing of what if they just had one thing. Like, I'm wa- watching this barbarian show. It's like Romans invading Germanic lands, whatever. It's, it's pretty mindless. But uh, I'm like, what if just, like, there was a helicopter? Like, that person would be the the ruler of the entire world just because they could go up and see where everything is. Well, that was like always the like, fascinating thing. Remember like how uh, Native or Americans... a hot air balloon or something, you know? Like when when the ships were approaching like land and Native Americans couldn't see them because they, their brains couldn't process it. I wonder if that's an urban I've legend. I've always wondered that because true. they've never seen anything like yeah. it. But I'd always heard that and that always fascinated me. Yeah. I'm sorry, I think I've said fascinated like 72 times today, but it, it I don't always know interested me. I'm not sure if that's true or not. I mean, it seems like one of those things that could be true, but could be. Although I think, so I think Cortez, I could be wrong about this. Maybe I'm conflating all of my, my historical like anecdotes, but, but I think, I think it was like Cortez that, um, see now I almost don't even want to say, cause I feel like it's going to be wrong. I feel like some, some guy, some like first year history student is going to be like, that's completely wrong. But I, I feel like one of his things was like, he, like, like he somehow, I don't know. It was like something about being able to correctly predict an eclipse or whatever. Mm. And, and maybe it was probably not Cortez. Now I'm thinking about it, but it was like something, you know, like was, you know, like the first guy to be like, "Ah, there's going to be an eclipse tomorrow at noon. People, I will make the sun disappear at noon tomorrow. And then everybody, you know, immediately just assumed that he was like the Lord of all creation or whatever. So, Mm. which is, which I suppose is that's like the, you know, I, I, I would imagine that there's some sort of equivalent to that now, but that's a, yeah, that's a weird, it is, it would be interesting to think like how, uh, like what is the, so like if you were transported back in time, Greg to barbarian era, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, civilization, yeah. like what is the most advanced, like assume you couldn't take anything back with you. Cause that's always the thing in like Terminator movies. We have to go back nude right. and you can't take technology with you. Like what is the most advanced thing you could make in like, 1600 or whatever because like i couldn't make a fucking radio but even if i could what was that what would i listen to right so like like even if i went back now with all my knowledge like i don't even know that i could actually make anything impressive yeah knowledge <laughs> now i mean you would know like i guess med- medical knowledge but but you wouldn't I, know I, how I to make medicine make, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah i don't I'm, i don't know how exactly how to grow penicillin you know i mean i i know the concept but like things like that i feel like would probably be the most beneficial, but then you have to convince people to do it. And then again, they'll probably just think you're a witch. And yeah, no, we'll see. Know, well, again, like, because, oh yeah, because long before there were doctors, like as we know them now. So like there was this old wives tale where, you know, the, and I think old wives tale, I think that phrase comes from the fact that there were often like these sort of like women who like knew healing, you know, techniques, but there was this thing of like, it sounds crazy where they're like, if, if thou has a wound, you know, wrap, wrap the wound, wrap your leg in moldy bread and it shall be healed. And people are like, she's a witch, but it somehow works. And it's because it's penicillin because that's totally where penicillin comes from. Uh, or like Socrates had this whole thing of, um, you know, if you are in chi- if you're having pains from childbirth, like, you know, chew the bark of a willow tree, which totally seems crazy, except that we know that that's where salicin comes from. And that's what they make aspirin out of. So like, it's so there's a pretty direct line from like folk medicine to to modern medicine it seems like but but it's like you know like i know what a handgun is but i couldn't make one right like mm. i could I don't, 
like I couldn't make a fucking safety pin. I have no idea how to make anything. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, so that's a, well, that's so a, reliant, like that ought to be a reality show. So reliant on technology that we already have. Yeah. I, I don't couldn't know. make a safety pin. <laughs> right. No, I mean, it's like, I mean, that's, a, I mean, do you ever think about like, like all of the shit that like somebody invented like 150 years ago that like, I still couldn't invent if you gave me the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, again, like I didn't, you know, I couldn't figure out the fucking safety pin. I would have no idea how to make one of those, like from scratch. If you told me like right now, like it would, I, I mean, it would basically take me the next 20 years and I'd probably never do it correctly, <laughs> you know? And then, you know, yeah. when you get fucking Philo Farnsworth who invented the television when he was 14 in 1920. Fuck, Fuck that, that guy. Dude. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, that's not possible. How, I mean, it's like, that just doesn't, that's like some Mozart, you know, writing the magic flute at age five bullshit. Right. Yeah, those people. I almost those feel like they people. shouldn't get credit for it. Like, I think if you invent things or if you can if you can perform, like, genius feats when you're 10, I almost feel like we should give you no credit. Because you obviously <laughs> didn't count. do anything. Right. Yeah, so, you didn't work you just, for it. <laughs> yeah, that's like when you buy an iPad and it just comes preloaded with shit. You just came preloaded with that information. Yeah, that's didn't a, it. There was no... Well, it's like I was reading this story about um, Tracy Austin, who uh, was a tennis player in the uh in the 1970s 1980s one of the first one of the first really famous female tennis players and she was on the cover of like sports illustrated i think is it sports illustrated she was on the cover of she was on the cover i think of tennis magazine at age four she was on the cover of sports illustrated i think at nine and oh wow by the time she was 13 no when she was 14 she had actually defeated, like she, like she entered uh, the United States Women's Tennis Championship tournament at age fourteen, which is the first time she'd ever played in a tournament. And she not only made the cut, she actually ended up winning the entire tournament. Yeah, um, and it was like, That's and it was, right. but apparently, like, yeah, no, but at the age of four, she was like on the cover of some local tennis magazine because she was already just a fucking genius. And it's like, well, that's that's impressive, but also kind of weird, and also the fuck is that about like how does nature just pre-program you to be good at tennis yeah like what the fuck like what yeah that doesn't even tennis hasn't even existed long enough for that to be an evolutionary skill it's not like, a survival technique of, yeah right like so how in the name of so God, i'm gonna stop the bear by walloping tennis balls at them right like, like so how the fuck is that even possible that you can be born good at tennis what the fuck does that how does that even happen i don't know I think that's a I good. Just, it's a good rounding I mean, off point for this show too. <laughs> I like this has the nothing deep to do with leftovers. <laughs> also, yeah, tell me how that dog book is because I think I'm going to pick up a copy too. Uh, Apparently, it's pretty great. I'm looking for something. I've tried to read like three dog books in a row, but of course, as you all know, with most dog books, it's you know it ends with like. Yeah, Rusty was 15 when we had to put him down. Oh and like, no! All right, the Rainbow this, Bridge. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think this one's going to be different. So I think it's I think not I, like I, old yellowy, right? This book. Okay. So, yeah, it's yeah. No, I feel like this book's going to be. You know, I, I when I started reading that book about rabies, I should have known it was bad news. Yes, so. <laughs> probably. <laughs> All, All right. right, Rick Emerson. Thank you, Rick. Thanks for the la- the laughovers. Out. <laughs> All right, thank you, Rick. <laughs> send us an email funaboyradio at gmail.com by the way oh leftovers I know oh, yeah. have to uh, give us a call 53575-9120 thank you everybody for tuning in check out the merch store get yourself a face mask with our with, with our faces on it no our faces aren't on it no they're not with on fun employment it. radio on it <laughs> um, alright we'll talk to you tomorrow with more fun employment radio <laughs> good job Greg.com. <laughs> yeah I kind of screwed that up <laughs> knocking it out of the park <laughs> <laughs>